0: Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news, and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel
1: Aloisi. If you're looking to change jobs or you are looking to potentially do that in the future, make sure you save this episode in a good place and make sure you listen to it all the way through. Because our guest today, Michelle Ricklin of Copland, Keebler in Wallace, is going to share some of her best advice on how to write the perfect resume and how to make yourself the most appealing candidate you can be for your next club employer. It's a really fun episode, and you're going to enjoy that interview, which is coming up in just a couple of minutes. Well, last week, we officially launched episode two of Let's Play Through, which featured the incredible Stream song Resort here in central Florida. And you can watch that over at letsplaythrough.com. That's the link to subscribe and watch my new show. And a lot of people have asked me, what the heck are you doing, Gabe? Why did you release a golf show? And the reason I did is because I want to help this industry grow. And by doing so, if we take that back and reason backwards, the way to do that is to find the members of the future and show them why golf is such an incredible game. And the members of the future are millennials and they're Generation Z, and they've cut the cord on cable. They don't watch NBC Golf and they don't watch CBS. They watch YouTube, they watch Netflix, and that's where they get entertained. And my show is the antithesis of everything you see on network TV. My show is a golf travel show that is selling fun, that's selling entertainment value. And that's selling an experience. It's what I've been talking about for years on this show, in my books, in my keynotes. Golf needs to change and get the future generations into our game. What's incredible and what makes me so proud and so excited about this show is I have a client called Hammock Beach and we run some of their digital marketing ads online. And I know exactly how many leads they get for membership from their online marketing efforts every single month. And once this episode came out, the Hammock Beach episode, which was episode one of Let's Play Through, their membership inquiries went through the roof. And I got to see it the power of YouTube and the power of what this show is going to do for the golf industry and the private club industry. I saw it immediately. It was humbling, it was an honor, and it was exciting to see. The show has just today, I think, crossed over the 1,200 view mark. And so it's just getting started. We're just getting started. The shows that we do moving forward are going to exponentially have more and more viewers. My goal is to make this the first million subscriber golf show on YouTube. I really think I can do it. I really do because we've studied what's happening and we know that YouTube is the place to have this show and the power of what a show can do and what great content can do on YouTube. So I'm really, 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 really excited for what's going on. and I want you to be part of that journey. The way to do that is to subscribe to the show. It's completely free to subscribe just like this podcast is free go to letsplaythrough.com it's going to take you directly to the page where you can either hit yes if you're already logged into google or you just simply need to log into google or for, for some reason you don't have a google account in 2019 you can create a google account and you can watch that show and share it with your friends i need you to share this show okay i need you not not the other people listening to this show not the big audience of private club radio. I need you to share this show. You are what's going to save the golf industry and the private club industry, you. So please take that step. It's a very simple step. It'll take you less than a minute to do. And it would mean the world to me. And I keep saying that, but it's true because I'm on a mission to make our private clubs sustainable into the future. There is most likely, very, very, very likely a recession coming and it's going to shake out a whole swath of our industry. It's going to be way worse than 2008. And I'm not just trying to peddle some kind of fear to you. And I'm not trying to titillate people or scare people. It's just the truth. We've had a great run. It's been incredible, right? Our economy is bigger and better than ever, but there's huge signs looming that the slowdown's coming. And if you thought 2008 was bad, this is going to be worse because clubs have taken drastic steps. We know they've taken drastic steps, right? They've lowered initiation fees or gotten rid of them completely. And as much as I've tried to say that was a bad move, more and more clubs do it every single month, right? So we've gotten rid of initiation fees. Nobody has any skin in the game if you're on the low end of the market. The upper end is always going to be there, right? Those clubs are always going to survive. But the low end and the middle end of the market is really in store for a gigantic shakeup because of the way they've managed the clubs in the past few years, especially clubs that haven't listened to this show. If you're listening to this show, you've probably been a little bit more proactive and you're probably okay, hopefully, anyways, right? But there's a big shakeup coming, okay? And we need to be prepared and we need to find a way to get people into the clubs and to get people into golf who don't experience it every weekend, who don't play it every week. We need to find a new audience, a completely new audience. So I need your help, your help. I need you to subscribe and I need you to share it. If you appreciate this show, if you've enjoyed Private Club Radio, if you've listened to one episode, you know, if this is your first episode, you probably know that this show is a labor of love. That's what my whole business is about. I could probably get really rich in another industry, but I love golf and I love private clubs. And this is my industry that I chose because I love it. It's my passion. And it's why you're in this industry too. I guarantee it, right? You can make a lot more money somewhere else, but we love this industry. So do me a favor. I know you're busy. I'm busy. Let me tell you how busy I am. (laughs) Uh, I'm extremely busy you're extremely busy. That's just an excuse. Okay. Being busy is just an excuse. I need your help. I really need your help. Not just me. Really isn't me. We need your help as an industry. The private club industry needs your help. Please help. Thank you. my next guest is Michelle Ricklin of Copland, Keebler and Wallace. She's a career strategist and she is a search and consulting executive. Michelle was introduced to the club management association of America 10 years ago, and she's actually their official resume writer. And she offers her time during the annual conference to assist members and students at the annual symposium. So that's super cool. She's a regular speaker for the CMAA conferences and chapter educations. And she is one of the newest members over at KKNW. Michelle, welcome to Private Club Radio.
0: Oh, thank you. Good, good to be here.
1: Yeah, Michelle, I'd, I'd first love to just go through your background and have you just tell us how you got to where you are now.
0: So my, my background started off in corporate human resources. So I was a human resource generalist. And then uh, slowly kind of moved into more specialized areas in employment, employee relations, and training and development. And I left corporate uh, when I had my, my first child and um, started consulting, which was uh, a, a more of a Um, you know, work-life balance for for me at that time. And, um, again, was doing a lot of work in communication training, public speaking training, soft skill training, as well as search and, um, you know, other areas of consulting. And I started a career management company, I'd say about a little over 15 years ago. And we um, mostly concentrated on working with individuals on presentation of their of themselves and their careers, Uh, executives working on executive resume development, LinkedIn profile development, bios, interview strategies, job search strategy, and um, while also doing uh, considering to do training. And I began working with the CMAA about 10 years ago on their official resume writer and uh, was... and work with I, I'd say hundreds upon hundreds wow. of, of of industry professionals on you know getting themselves uh, ready for search or and and or to just be prepared in case opportunity comes knocking.
1: When looking at hundreds of resumes, what are some of the more common like faux pas people make on resumes?
0: So uh, the, one of, I, I think one of the the main issues uh, that I that I see often is just not being in the right mindset. Mm-hmm. And and when I say that is that when I pick up a resume, um, it needs to be clear that it's a marketing tool, and that the individual who is presenting themselves is a product, and the employer is a consumer. And often what will happen is they resumes become very. Um, Applicant choice, so to speak, right. uh, where it's all about them and what they want, and they're not really thinking through, well, who's the audience and who is it that I'm trying to appeal to?
1: That's so important. I read tons of resumes because for my own agency, people are sending me resumes all the time. And uh, that's one thing. It's like often people want to just kind of shout from the rooftops about who they are. But I, of course, reading the resume, want to know how can you help my company? And so um, I think that that is is super important. So, yeah, thanks for 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 letting us know about that. You're you're one of the yeah. n- the newest folks over at Coplin Keebler and Wallace. So, how did you guys get together and form this partnership?
0: So every year I work at the, um, the CMAA International Conference. And I you know I'm pretty much booked booked from start to finish with uh, with individuals that want me to assist with reviewing their resume and and providing guidance and assistance. But I always make sure to uh, you know to to find who who the other industry partners are along along the way and have conversation. And of course, being in the space that I'm in, I want to make sure that, Uh, the candidates that I am helping uh, that what I'm providing for them is in alignment with what the search firms are looking for.
1: So I've
0: I've been in conversation with Copeland, Keebler and Wallace for many years, um, you know, just touching in and they've referred people to me and, um, you know, we've had nice conversations over the years. And um, as years kind of went on, you know, it, 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 seem to, to make sense to have more in-depth conversation about other things that we could be doing together. So we've, we've been talking for a little while and uh, we finally made it happen this year. So I'm really excited about it.
1: Congratulations. That sounds like the perfect match for sure. So as a job candidate looking for their next career move, I know it's really important that they create the right marketing tools for their career. So what does that look like to you, Michelle? All
0: right. So there, there are several different tools that a, that a, a person can use or should be using for what I would say is personal career marketing. Uh, so j- just to give you the the basics of, of known entities, the so one would be you'd have a bio. Uh, so a general manager, let's let's say of a club, might have his or her bio on the website, and that would be written in the third person, so it would be someone else is introducing that person. Um, a bio is also used for speaking engagements, or um, it could be for, you know, public relations purposes, but it, but a bio is always written in the third person with someone else introducing that individual. Then you have a resume. Um, a resume would be used for either a job seeker, or again, everyone really should have uh, an updated resume because you never know an opportunity might might appear and you don't want to be in that situation where you know you're not prepared. Right. So um, a resume is written in the implied first person. So we don't use pronouns. It's a very concise document. Uh, it's it's not not like an autobiography, but <laughs> it's very it's very clear concise. And it serves a few main purposes. The first is it should brand market and sell that potential candidate toward um, toward a specific goal. Um, second, it should tell their career story so it's clear to the reader where they've been, where they are, where they're potentially going, and how they could fit into somebody's organization. And then the last piece is it should dive deep into the experience. And what tends to happen over years when um people just kind of keep adding on to the resume, is it becomes more of a laundry list of things that they've done rather than an intriguing narrative of what they've achieved and accomplished. So with that, we dive deep in the experience section. Um, we tell, well, what are some of the challenges that this person was faced with? What are the action steps that they then took? What were the positive end results? The impact that it may have had and metrics to support whatever it is that we're saying. And then we take all of that, and we package it nicely so that it's um, it, it, so that the individual doesn't look like a template. Uh, we, it, because you need to be able to differentiate yourself. Yeah. And um, and then we, you know, make it make it nice and tight and concise. Mm-hmm. Now, LinkedIn is equally as important today as the resume because it's going to be either the first or the second touch point that a person has of of. Um, of, of someone's candidacy. So LinkedIn is also written in the first, it's written in the first person, but it, it is full first person with pronouns. Um, and it's more narrative. It's more storytelling. It's more personal. So the goal of a LinkedIn profile, it's almost as if the, um, the reader should be drawn in and encouraged to start a dialogue. And, and that's, that's part of the goal of the LinkedIn profile. It's to connect with the person that is reading, and I ideally form some form of a relationship uh, or and
1: start some form of a conversation. That's that's pretty pretty awesome, and it's it's cool that you guys can help people do that and put that package together. I, I've seen in other in other industries a lot of people are getting into video resumes. Is that something that you're seeing at all in the private club industry?
0: Um, I I don't personally work on on. Video resumes, but it's definitely you know it, it's another tool mm-hmm. that's out there yeah. uh certainly portfolios are uh, uh are are pretty popular as well you know p- depending on where you are in the in the process you know having having a good solid brag book, so to speak and um with that um you know vid- a video is 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 a potential component
1: mm-hmm. yeah, so I love what you said about uh building a compelling narrative in in your resume. Could you give us an example of, of of what that actually looks like?
0: Well, when when we um, create, you know, it's unique for each individual. So ideally, in the beginning, I, I like to think of the first one-third of the resume as prime real estate. Right. And um, I have a few rules of thumb. So first of all, if somebody else can cut and taste what you've written, it's probably not as effective as it should be. Um and number two, uh, I call it my peanut test, is if um your pro- your your profile sounds like you know the peanuts cartoon where it starts sounding wah 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 you know, kind of like, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Then then again, not very effective. Uh so what I work on with my clients is well what is the unique value proposition statement? And the kind of impact that, that should have is I'll I'll say Let's say that you're at a conference and you, you're you know, someplace and you're speaking with a, a search consultant or a search executive and, and they say, you know, hey, I've got a really great opportunity and I think you'd be a good candidate, but I've already got 10 resumes that are sitting on my desk. So if you can tell me right here and right now why you and not them, then I'll throw those away you know, and, and what are you going to say? And, and that's kind of, you know, one of the exercises that, that I like to walk through with my clients is you, you should always have that answer off, you know, on the tip of your tongue. Yeah. What is it that you're going to say that is going to be so impactful as to why someone needs you as their employee, you know, that it's, that it's going to get their attention. And that's what goes right up front, because yeah. that's the hook. Right. And once you've hooked them, well, then they continue reading.
1: Yeah, I see so many cliches in resumes, like I am a, you know, I am a team builder. You know, like I am a motivated professional. Like I'm sure you're cutting on all that kind of stuff too, right? <laughs>
0: right, because because that that that's what all fits into that peanut, right. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, now, uh, um, scenario right. is you know I. I'm, I'm a goal oriented, enthusiastic, <laughs> a general man. And it's like, yeah. wah, 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 wah. exactly. I love that.
1: <laughs> um, how about cover letters? Is that something that people still do anymore or is that kind of outdated?
0: So uh, cover letters will, will definitely depend on who is the recipient. Uh, number one, it is always poor, poor business etiquette to not send a cover letter. You always have to send a cover letter. Um, cover letters are a very good opportunity to speak directly to the position that you're applying for so you don't want to just kind of toss it out as a as you know as eh, doesn't I don't need to really pay too much attention to this um it, because it really it can make or break you as a candidate and and then of course yes there are certainly scenarios where it's not read but you don't ever want to take the chance that um that that's going to be your scenario you you really do want to write it with full intention of it being read and um it being relevant to the to the role that you're applying for
1: perfect yeah i love that so you've got some steps that people can take in terms of putting their best foot forward what would those be michelle
0: well as as far as um you know as far as the credentials um you know the and the marketing materials you know I'm I'm I am very clear that you know whether you're working with with me or you're working with another professional or you're doing it on your own um you you do want to make sure that your presentation of of yourself is 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 unique and um and that you do come up with that that value proposition statement um is and then there's just some real basics that that people forget um when you are you, you need to spell check um, you need to make sure that whatever you are handing in is 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 really you know perfect uh you don't get you know the the saying you don't get a chance to make you know a, a second first impression mm-hmm. so you want to make sure that whatever it is that you're saying, that that you're sending off to either um, a recruiter or to a search committee, you know that it is really um, proofread, looked over, um, make sure it makes sense. You know, have have a few people eye it for you. Um, you know, because obviously we miss we miss our own um, when we're doing our own work, we we, we can miss it easily. Um, and then you know, making sure to um, follow up with, you know, thank yous and, you know, any any way that you can to make sure that you're giving a, a good first impression and and that is, you know, not just on paper but in person as well. So, you know, your interview starts before you ever walk in in the door. Mm. Um and and it's it's from, you know, who you say hello to when you, you know, when you park your car to, you know, going all the way into into the interview itself. So even something as simple as um, this is a little trick that I that I that I often give to my candidates. I always tell my candidates to make sure that um, particularly in in the suburbs, um, make sure you clean your car, go to the car wash before you go on an interview, because you never know when someone is going to say, well, let me walk you out. Right. And they may be doing it on purpose.
1: (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Um, I was know. actually playing golf this afternoon with someone and th- what they told me was that he always does his uh, hiring on the golf course. He conducts his interviews with people on the golf course because in that four hours, you really get to learn about somebody. And, and uh, you know, you can see if, if like they're a cheater, like, right? Do they use a foot wedge? <laughs> right. uh, yeah. You can see if like how they handle pressure or how they handle uh, adversity. And I thought that was just pretty fascinating way to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I think, yeah, and absolutely, um, it, it, it makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, another, another little trick that, uh, you know, I've seen is, you know, well, if we're going out to to be taking a candidate out for a meal, um, you know, how do they, how do they treat their server?
1: Right. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big one for sure. That's how they'll treat for, the employees uh, for sure. Yeah. So, um. Now, you've also got some tips on how to uh, c- conduct an effective uh, job search for yourself. What would those be, Michelle? Well, I think it's
0: really, really important to, you know, really kind of figure out, well, what is it that I want to do and where do I want, where do I want to do it? Um, so, uh, and then, and then be realistic and making sure that, you know, as you're, as you're looking through different openings, um, how do you align with the, with the position? and, Let's say that there's something that's really interesting to you, and yet, um, you know, you don't have uh, the tools that's in your toolbox. Well, how do you go about and get that? Right. So it might, be, you know, you might that might not be the position for now. But if that's something that you know, as you're as you're kind of looking through, and you say, "Wow, this is something I'm really interested in," and not quite ready for it yet, well, okay, that's that's the time to say, "Okay, well, next time a position like this comes around, I will." for what I need
1: to do. So Michelle, this is obviously just a few of the ways that you help your clients and you do a whole lot more over at Coughlin Keyboard Wallets. If folks want to learn more about your service and get in touch with you, how do they do that?
0: Absolutely. I'm happy to speak speak with anybody that wants to have a conversation about how I can assist them. And they can just send me an email at Michelle, and that's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, at kkandw.com, and it's spelled out k-k-a-n-d-w.com.
1: That's awesome. Michelle, I really appreciate your time and expertise on this, and I think you're going to help a lot of people out there. Thanks so much.
0: Oh, my pleasure. Take care.
1: How about that? Great interview from Michelle. Great advice. Hope you take it. Hope you use it. Hope you enjoy it and come back next week. I'll catch you then. As I always say, every week on this show, here's to your membership success. Private Club Radio is brought to you by Concert Golf Partners, helping to preserve and enhance private golf and country
0: clubs. Visit concertgolfpartners.com to learn more about the
1: recapitalization process.